It's the Jesus and Paula Show. Starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. Tune in as we learn the mind of Christ and thoughts of God. Well, good evening and welcome to this week's broadcast of the Jesus and Paula Show. I'm Apostle Ashley kicking off tonight's episode, welcoming you back into the Jesus and Paula world. We're going in, we're in the Prophecy Clinic series right now. Prophecy Clinic, very essential for such a time as this because the prophetic is seemingly all over the place. And we want to rein it in and bring it in for the Lord. Giving you a few, you know, taking care of a little house business as we kick off. First of all, our weekend special buy money is a spirit and get 15% off of a second product. The code is Jesus and Paula, all of it spelled out. Buy one, get buy that one and get anything else 15% off the second product. Money is a spirit, man, that goes back to like 2003. Three, I think Dr. Price wrote that she was, I want to say she was like on vacation and wrote that book. I don't write books when I'm on vacation. I don't write much of anything when I'm on vacation. And I remember Dr. Price came back and she said, God gave me this book. He gave me this download and this is, this is it. And she rolled it out and we were like, money is a spirit. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Of course, this was ahead of all of the doctrine and theologies and belief systems and language, even in a in a wider uh, society language that we hear now. Now, it is very common to talk about the spiritual things in and out of the church, especially out of the church, sometimes more than in the church. It's very common. It's pervasive. There are channels and shows dedicated to spiritual and not just paranormal. Remember back then, uh, a lot of spiritual equal paranormal. Or it was only, you know, um, demons or vampires or things like that still kind of clustered off in this corner in the entertainment world. And now it is extremely pervasive. It is in literally everywhere. So saying that there's a spiritual root to something now is like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, this is what we know. This is what we learned. <clears throat> this is what we've talked about. But back in the early 2000s, not so much. And in the body of Christ, there was still, you know, there was still that slight dissonance between what you should say in public, what you shouldn't say in public. The church is like Johnny come lately on the scene as far as talking about <coughs> spiritual things in public. They were last. Even though now we would talk about Jesus, there was a lot about love, a lot about all those things still happening now. But the deep spiritual side of things, not so much. So money is a spirit really breaks down. I wish I had my book with me. Uh, no, we don't have one back there. The even it goes about, I think it's like the nine guardians of wealth, the things that will keep you out and push you out, whether you are saved or not. She always says that wealth goes to the greedy, not the needy, which is why needy people are oftentimes needy. They need, they need, they need, they need, they need, but it's greedy people who have what they want, not even have what they need, but have what they want. So you want to get money as a spirit. I know I saw Lovey's post this week and somebody else's, I think Justin with him on how that book is blowing their mind. If you want wealth, then you need to purchase books on wealth. And it helps if you get the ones about 
where wealth comes from, not just how to make money, because this is about money being a spirit and the spirit behind money. And it talks about mammon and a lot of other things scripturally and and then in our actuality, what's in the word and what it looks like in our life. Also, we have going on this Friday, which would be tomorrow here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Price is going to be a part of a prayer prophecy intercession night and worship. And the 60th floor of Cityplex Towers is it Loudmouth 300 or 300 Loudmouth? Loudmouth 300. Okay, Loudmouth 300. And this is the second time Minister Marty Grisham is hosting that. First Fruits of Praise is doing praise and worship for the evening for the guest worship team. And it's going to be a powerful time. If you're here, then you want to register for that. It's $15.15. Very inexpensive. You want to reserve today, if you haven't done so already, to guarantee your seat. The spacing is limited. There's only so many people that can fit in the room. And 300 is an indication of how many people that they're going for and can fit there. Next Wednesday night, Dr. Price will be returning on Diamond and Silk. Yay! 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. She'll be returning. And only God knows what's going to be discussed on that show. I think it's safe to say that with Diamond and Silk, only the Lord knows with Dr. Price in the midst and in the mix where the conversation is going to go. It's always rich. It's always potent and powerful. What I love about these two women is their natural charismatic nature and personalities are not a substitute for substance and intelligence and depth. Sometimes it's, you know, all those kind of personalities can be a shtick. It's just like this thing that we do. But then behind it, there's nothing really there. It's just good entertainment. But these two women are powerful. They are wise. They are educated. They are informed and they're deep. And their personality, to me, offsets that intensity so that you're laughing while you're like, wait, I think they just took me out, though. <laughs> I think they just said something that I'm out. I'm out. I, I'm useless right now. And using a sense of humor is a wonderful strategy. We do it here on our show. We'll be laughing, having a good time, talking about hair and lashes and carrying on, and then get right back deep into the thick of things, usually about something that we're crying about. It's true. Save the date for the Apostolic Summit, November 16th through the 19th. Registrations are already coming in because now it's early bird time. It's buy one, get one, 50% off. Do we buy one, get one free? Did I do that? I don't think so. I, I, I'm not really a buy one, get one free kind of person, not much of anything. So we'll give you buy one, get one half off and uh, something else is going on. There's several sales going on right now. Price University discount, Congregation of the Mighty membership discount, all the discounts. There is not one discount that goes all the way to the date of the event. So if you're a member here, don't wait until two days before the summit and then look at me and say, Apostle Ashley, it's closed for the membership rate. Yes, it is. And it was open all summer long. So take advantage of it right now. Next week, we're going to roll out more details and promotional material about what to expect in November. It's going to be powerful. Ooh, is it going to be powerful? Now, as you know, we've rolled out powertrain our powertrain teachings dr price's classes and courses that are on her powertrain website which is about your soul of success 
Dr. Price offers something called Omni Executive Services, and those are for executive leaders in the kingdom, in the world. Just understand you're going to get Jesus, all right, when you deal with us in the world who are leaders at the top of their game over their organizations. That who she, that's who she's catered to. Not so much those who are on their rise, although her wisdom obviously can take you to the next place. But you have the option and opportunity of enrolling in many courses or I'm like, did we go out there? Okay. Uh, many courses or video on demand classes where you will have five-day access to these classes. Take your good notes and then just like anything else, video on demand, pay-per-view, it goes away. And so we have the course that's available for 45 days. Now you'll be uh, able to access the soul of success, building the soul of success for 45 days from the time that you start your first course, I think it is your first class, watch the first video, not from the day that you enroll, but from the day that you start. And so it's Dr. Price maps out the mysterious soul as the creator made it and provides insights and soul restoration solutions in the areas of fear, self-sabotage, success, marriage, and more. You want to enroll in that four lessons, light assignments, discussion posts, quizzes, and a final exam if you want to receive the certificate. That's what you get with the Soul of Success course that we have up there. It is wonderful. It's enriching. It, it hits you in the gut. Ugh. But it answers so many questions. If you want to know the truth about you, where you're stuck, why God isn't using you, maybe when you think he should be using you, or if he is using you, but not to the capacity that you think he should be using you. Or maybe you're somebody who can't seem to get a grip on your success. You start and you stall. You start and you stop. You freeze. Maybe you freeze. I've had to work through that in my life. Gone through some recent very deep deliverance this year and am able to move forward in things where I would just freeze after a certain point and not really know why. Like, why can't I move past this? It's very interesting. And so it's all rooted in the soul. Also, what's available right now is constructing the contemporary prophet, prophetic standards, protocols, performance, and gauges. Now, this is video on demand. It's a two-part training that Dr. Price recorded probably about, let me see, Rachel was there, I think, for that day, maybe four or five years ago. She did in our previous location. And so, and it is on that. Now she addresses gift versus office, New Testament prophets, duties and responsibilities, how the prophet guides and guide is an acronym and elements of the prophetic guardianship. Why? Thank you. Elements of the prophetic guardianship. Guardianship is also an acronym. So in the class, you find out what does that mean prophetically speaking? And then we also have another video on demand, breaking the chains of self-sabotage. That is only $9.99. So pricing starts at $9.99 and goes up. So that's $9.99. Constructing is like $29.99. Uh, powertrain, the building the soul of success is $75. So we have something down here. If you want down here, just understand down here means you're only getting down here information. It's all helpful and relevant, but the more you pay, the more you get. That's the short version, right? The more you pay, the more you get. Okay, so this is Money is a Spirit. This is what it looks like. Oh, this book is so good. It's still good. The Economy Within. She's done some revisions that have not been published yet on this book. Um, cashing in on you 
is one of the things that she talks about. So let's see. Chapter one, getting acquainted with mammon. Chapter two, the rules of money. Let me tell you something. The book is worth chapter two alone. The rules of money. Anybody who moves in money knows there are rules of money. Chapter three, the race is not to the swift. Chapter four, uh, before there was cash. Because, see, we chase cash. But what else is there? Chapter five, wisdom. God's real cash cow. Oh, man, I'm getting excited. I need to get my book out. Chapter six, wealth manifesting seminar. Chapter seven, cashing in on you. See, we want to start with that, don't we? Cashing in. Uh, Sade is in the room. She's one of our prophets in training, and she's the money woman, you know, Ms. Bankable. All right, Shonda Banks. And cashing in on you, isn't that where people want to start? Well, how can I just cash in on myself? And you're like, well, we have to build some things up. <coughs> and that's how she'll talk to you. We have to build some things up first. First, we need to look at your score, your credit score. We need to see where you are, what you need to do before we just jump headlong into cashing in. We might need to sow first into a ground before you actually cash in. You're not in business. They let you know your first five years. Be prepared to hold fast and lose a lot before you gain, before you break even. On your way to breaking even. Forget on your way to making a profit. Chapter eight, God programmed you to prosper and profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. And chapter nine, how to start. And then the appendix has your wealth study guide. You want to get this book. I'm telling you, you want to get this. And uh, and any there's um, audios that go with it. There are several things that you can get with Money is a Spirit. I know one is about fear. Before she had the Melchizedek tithe was in there, tithing um, as a part of the finance. Because don't ask God for money if you're not going to give him his portion. Just don't even do it. And there are a lot of times he ties up our money because he knows he's not going to get any of it back. We just think that he's a giver. He just gives, gives, gives. And he's like, actually, more like investing investors want something back on their investment. Donations do not. Donations want you to just take that money and do what you say you're going to do with it. If you're donating toward this cause, if you're donating toward whatever, do it. But investors want a return on their investment, ROI. That's what they want. God is more of investing in us as people and not donating. And we really approach him like we want him to donate scholarship, grant, give me grant money, give me anything that doesn't have interest, <laughs> anything that I don't have to pay back. That's how we really approach God. And he's like, no, no, our tithe is a return on his investment. It's the war tax. And we know this from Melchizedek, from Abraham, but it's a return on his investment in us. 10% back into the house of the Lord, small price to pay when you're able to keep 90. Now, of course, because we know the government doesn't give us an option. I mean, can you imagine if before God released money, he just kept his portion? Because the government, when you get paid from them, you have your deductions on your pay stub. Don't they? Don't they tell you, depending on what kind of person, if you are an employee, and not self-employed and all those other things where you need to have a separate account to save to pay your taxes later. But if you are get paid from somebody else and you're on their payroll, when you sign up, they give you the options of how much money they're going to take out, not if they're going to take out. Do Would you like this much, that much, this much for insurance, that much for insurance? Not an option. Nobody sits down and says, um, do you want to receive all your money or would you like us to take out taxes now? 
There, there's not that option. You get your thing from the government, which is why filing and all that kind of stuff, where people are like, I need to get my money back. Maybe, depending on how your year went. And so with God, money is more of an investment than a donation. And we treat him like he's the donor God. But just, you know, I went to my account. You know, when you go to college, if you have the parents who put money in your bank account, I don't know what that life was like. But if you have money, parents who put all kinds of money in your bank account and your allowance is just there and you just, honey, don't worry about. No, I my parents just weren't able to do it. And so it was, well, you have a job. You go to school, you get your classes, you get a job so you can stay in school or pay for the other things that you need while you are in school. And so with the Lord, we want that automatic direct deposit, Jesus, just direct it in there. Just direct it, Lord. Just direct it. I love this book. Just direct, just direct deposit my, my money, Lord. Just direct deposit. He said, well, you're going to direct deposit my tithes. Are you going to do that for me? So money is a spirit. You want to do that. We're going to play this quick promo for Powertrain so that you can understand. Uh, this first one is about building the soul of success. You can still enroll today. Both in that class or the other ones that are up there. We'll be right back after these messages. Introducing new training options from Dr. Paula Price Powertrain. Become the most successful you by enrolling in self-paced training modules. Let's take a sneak peek. Okay, the whole purpose of Soul Sunday is for you to take control and power over your own soul. The whole trend of the world, the, the st stance of the world is that you can't help how you feel. You cannot help how your soul is. You can't help what happens to you. As a matter of fact, you are a victim of your own soul. Isn't that how we hear it? You go to school and you, most of you will tell your children, wow, you better get A's all the time. And then, well, he can't help it. He has his, he got his temper from his grandfather. She's got her, her, you know, personality from, and, and so we have to realize that that is not how God teaches the soul. You have to recognize that your talent is only the utility of your soul's success. So all of your talents and attributes, those are the utilities. They're the tools of the trade, but they're utilities. And so, but what holds them together? You have to build that because if you don't, if you're one of those people, you're thin-skinned, your feelings get hurt all the time, you're not going to make it. You can't rise above your sentiments, not going to make it. You just won't because your soul is looking for a comfort zone that success won't allow. Isn't that right? It's always looking for a comfort zone. It's looking for a reward. I talked to a woman one day and she said, oh, no, I have to be asleep by eight. I said, good, because you'll never, ever own anything. Because you can't do it. I mean, and, and really, if you sleep by nine, you're probably not even doing housework. Like, you're not doing laundry. You're not cleaning up. Dishes are dirty. Haven't emptied the dishwasher in three days. I mean, come on. Because, see, life, life 
is meant to move and it's an activity. So soul of success would be that. You don't like pressure. I don't want to be, be relied on to do it nonstop. I don't want to have to stay up late. I don't want to be around people that I don't click with. See, that's why some of y'all stuck too, because y'all so a bit worried about who you can click with. You're not trying to figure out who you can prosper with. Let me tell you. There are a lot of partners out there. There are a lot of people out there that those partners can't stand each other. And you know what? They don't care. They both go to their separate banks and cash in. You all are too, literally, you're too aesthetic. You are up to you. If I don't, if, if, I mean, I have to be able to connect with people I work with. That is such a lie. You work for a company, you don't know half of them. And the other half don't like you, don't, and you don't like them. Enroll in the Soul Clinic today at www.drpaulapricepowertrain.com. It is so. We're just going to ring the bell on that truth. When she was saying some things, I said it hurts every time. Every time I hear it. In June, Dr. Price, in one of the Prophecy Clinic lessons, the one that was on discipling the prophet's mantle, mind, and ego. Anybody in any office needs to enroll in that. We're actually going to be launching the Prophecy Clinic on Powertrain and, and rounding these out for lessons because this is so much information and you really need to go back and break it down and learn it. If you're a prophet, a prophet in training, if you're any officer, really, uh, I know this is focused on the prophet's office, but there is so much wisdom that applies across the board you really want to plug in. She did a whole section on dishonest truth, prophet, and she said, honesty, do your emotions send the right truth to your brain? Selah, have you ever been going down the mental emotional street on something and God stops you and says, that's not true? You are coming to a conclusion about, particularly about a person. Let's just say it's about a person because it's usually people, Prophet Angela, that we hone in on, all right? And that we have vilified, made the assassin, made, you know, Cruella in our lives. And maybe something happened and your mind starts going down this road. And all these things to you start coming together. And things are clarified. And it's never anything positive because you notice whenever you give this much mental attention on somebody, it's usually for their destruction. And or the destruction of what God is doing. And at some point, God has to stop you and say, stop it. That's not true. You're not right. You're wrong. Has God ever told you you're wrong? All right. There's a couple honest people in the room. Yes, you are wrong about that. That is the wrong conclusion about it. You are pulling forward, as we say, taking some, they're taking somebody else's medicine. With some, see, this is just like, and if you ever start a sentence with this is just like, and fill in with somebody who is not here, somebody these people don't know, then you could be in danger of sabotaging what God is doing. Could be. Because sometimes it is just like, but I have learned in my years of experience on both ends of deliverance, being the one who helps deliver and being the one needing deliverance, that I was totally wrong. Because this person isn't that person. This situation isn't that situation. This is not, there are just not that many carbon copies of people on the planet. There, there aren't any. I mean, we talk about doppelgangers and they look just like and whatever, but that's not, 
there, there are no replicants of souls walking around, even in identical twins. She said, emotionally dishonest people will ultimately betray you. And I just wrote in my side notes, or you will betray them. If you're the one who's emotionally dishonest, you will ultimately betray them. Because you're not being honest. You're not being truthful. Why do so many people even marry the wrong person? Because they're not being emotionally honest with themselves, with other people. There's pressure from family. There's pressure from society. Um, Sometimes you're financially in a crunch. It's a way out. It's a way of escape short term. And then you find out once, once in it, this was not the right decision to make. But you convinced yourself. One of the things I've seen, I'm sure Prophet Angela has seen it too as an advisor over the years, is when people hear the word of God and then change the qualifications of its completion based on what they are or are not willing to do. So they'll cherry pick which piece they're going to obey and honor but these other things that are near and dear to their heart, and we can all be susceptible to it, not so much. So if the Lord says to stand up against this wall every Tuesday from 11 to 11.15, I'm going to use something really you know, ridiculous that so nobody thinks I'm talking about them. All right, if he says to stand up against this wall on Tuesday from 11 to 11.15 a.m., then you might start out strong, and then come the excuses. Well, it's 11.05 today. You're supposed to be there at 11. Oh, I know, but I got stuck in traffic. I was on the phone with a friend. Well, so you're there at 11, and then you're out at 11.10. Well, I'll just do double time tomorrow to make up for the five, the five minutes I didn't make up for today. I'll just add it tomorrow. And we begin to subtly change the word of God and the requirements for the fulfillment of the original word. We don't realize we're doing that. We will say that we have done everything that God told us to do, and we don't know why it didn't work, don't we? Which is why when we get in classes like Soul Sunday, we want to cry because we hear the truth as to why that thing fell straight down, and it was us. It was us. It wasn't somebody else after all. It wasn't the spouse's fault. It wasn't anything else. It was us that changed the word for what God said. And we are the ones who sabotaged ourselves. She also said, co-signing on somebody else's word that you want to happen to you. Co-signing on somebody else's word that you want to happen to you. And that's emotional dishonesty. And how, and, and you know, preachers are good for telling you to do that. How many times have we been in conferences, if that word, now they prophesying or speaking to one person in particular, but they'll say, but if that's you, go ahead and receive it. Go ahead and take that for yourself. Like it's some sort of mailer that went out to the whole neighborhood making an announcement. I mean, that's how we really treat the word of God, that it's just the mailer that went out to resident. (laughs) No name. Or they'll have the person who built like our house. We still get mail, general generic mail for the people who built the house. We don't even know how many years ago, 2003 mail. And it'll say their name or current resident. 
And that's really how we tend to treat prophecy sometimes, especially if it's a good word, something about prosperity, something about abundance. So it's, okay, this word is, you know, for Sade or whoever's next to her in the, in the church, whoever's in the congregation that are mighty. So this is for you or current congregant. <laughs> you just receive that word. And, and that is how we, and so we actually as leaders, leaders have encouraged that nonsense. And then people end up all wrong, mad, offended, disgruntled, wasted their money, blew an investment because that word was never for you. But you really wanted that word to be yours. We always want those prosperity words to be ours. Yes, Lord. Now, this person is prophesied. Let's just say it's Dr. Price. You, you tend to prophesy to people. Prophesied up the front and down the back about the hardship, the things that they paid, the price that they paid. And you're co-signing on all their suffering that you did not do. All the sacrificing that you did not do. Yes, I receive, I receive that in the seat. That's not sent to you. That's like saying you're going to receive somebody's Amazon package. It was delivered somewhere else. And then you're going to report to Amazon that you didn't get the mail. And they're like, well, you didn't pay for it. So you didn't get it. So you're having fun, aren't you? Yes. Well, I'm having fun. Recapping on one of your broadcasts from June. About? About disciplining the prophet's mantle, mind, and ego. The part about um, honesty. And you said, do your emotions send the right truth to your brain? Oh, yeah. Emotional honesty. You know, that is a, a, a real huge thing because people, we don't think about emotional honesty. We don't. We don't think about even being emotionally. We hardly think about being, you know, behaviorally honest, uh, ethical. You know, that I mean, because we take so much latitude with God. We yeah. do take so many things for granted that when you think about it and you you reflect on it, we don't really talk to the saints about character from the emotional standpoint. We always talk about it behavior. Right. And that ultimately your behaviors are going to dictate your emotions and vice versa. So I, I, God gave me that phrase. I said, God, this person, it's, 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 here's how it sounds. You don't lie. You just don't tell the truth. Okay. You, you can't speak and say something was good. You have to add all of these extreme, exaggerated adjectives. You don't really, you'll pay your bills on time. So you have your behavioral honesty, but that attitudinal thing. You don't, we don't have that. Emotional honesty is directly tied to your attitude and your attitudes and your emotions frame your habits because they dictate your perspectives. So if your perspective is one thing and ultimately it's costly to you, then you are pretentious. That's emotional dishonesty. We will pretend and, you know, kind of like how we kind of used to say fake it till you make it. So that's you emotionally, you don't have the faith. But you're faking it, hoping to make it instead of work. And so you work on the faking and not the making. And so those are the kinds of things you do. I've, I'm, I've, I've had, um, especially prophets, prophets can hide behind God in so many ways that they never have to deal with their emotional dishonesty. 
because they hide behind God. They hide behind the scriptures. They hide behind the, the, the word of the Lord. They hide behind prophecy. Sermonizers do it all the time. And which is why you can get blown away by a sermon and then see the person do something disgusting. Emotional dishonesty. So their emotions are trashed because of how life has done them, didn't do for them. But they now we're, they're putting on their professional facade. A professional, uh, how do I say professional facade? has to do with emotional dishonesty. You're always in pretense mode because you're always in protective mode. So a lot of pretense is not trying to be devious. It's not trying to be malicious, but it is trying to be protective. So in that that mindset. So it's interesting. Is this on? It's interesting that you don't like my light. Just tilting down a little bit. But I like it. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's better. Yeah. I can see. <laughs> I was like, actually, that's better. So, welcome to this week, Jesus and Paula show, starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. I let him have top billing because he really needs to run the show. Oh. So we we let him have top billing, and he and listen, he can't have it. Oh, that's cool. And, and we really can't have it in vain, you know? He's got to do his part. And so, as, frankly, he has to do his part and my part. So just want you to understand, I'm, I'm just along for the ride. And I thank God for the ride. Now, so anyway, but I want you to think differently about it. We are doing some powerful things. One of the things, people always ask me, Dr. Price, you know, um, Catherine Coleman had the gifts. Oral had the charismatic something or other. Hagen had faith. What do you have? What is it that is my cornerstone, my concentric faculty, feature, and function as a messenger of God, not just a minister? And mine is wisdom because wisdom is the principal thing. One thing that I don't, you, no matter what, whether people like what I say or not, I carry an, an amazing intrinsic reservoir of God's wisdom. It's intrinsic, which means it's, it permeates throughout my being. I talk like this at home frying chicken. Yeah, I eat some chicken and we use oil to fry it sometimes. <laughs> a piece of grease on the lips, you know. They can talk about us all the merciful. Yeah, you know, you can talk to us about all of that oil and carrying on. And yeah, some of us look whatever. But I want you to understand that, that oil keep that skin nice and pliant. Isn't that nice? So, but I do this all the time because we, another way for you to understand why your, man, your mantle gets stumped or your ministry gets stumped is because you are always putting it away. You treat it as a uniform that you have to wear when you go to work and then you take it off. I do not. I am this. Jesus did not just bring the word of the Lord. He carried the word of the Lord. He cogitated. He generated it. It was it's very different. And when you have when you move into that generative state where where it's always there and it's always ready to speak, but it's fused with your makeup, it's fused with your soul. When you get to that point, then all of that stupid stuff that you like to do just has no place. It just doesn't because you don't have room to be hateful, spiteful, mean, because you're too busy generating from that reservoir 
of God in you that is 100% your ministry, your calling. So if you're a pastor, you you can envision yourself walking around with this huge field with tons of sheep, flocks of sheep and goat and whatever, because it's there. It comes out. When you look at, and I'm not against this, if this is what you need to do, thank God I never had to. But if you have to go to the internet to get a sermon or whatever, do that, but work on praying it through so it becomes you. Pray it through. So it becomes you. So you are that that word and that word is you, which is why Jesus is in the beginning was the word. When God's word becomes you, the way Jesus carried God's word inwardly, spirit, soul and body. When that happens, you are now ready to move into the master's circle. And you mastered it, which makes you the expert. So I can I pretty much talk on a lot of subjects and often without notes often and so why because i am the intrinsic reservoir of god's wisdom it's in my spirit it's in my genes it's in my bloodline it's in my head it's in my i, I see it because if it doesn't wrap itself and weave itself through your five senses you don't have it i will walk in them I will talk in them. I will write my words on their minds and in their hearts and on their hearts and in their minds and in their soul. So it's supposed to be intrinsic, not incidental, not intermittent. So I can say the same thing in 10 different ways, vary it for that audience and still not deviate or stray from what God made me to voice for him i am his voice and i don't call him up i just never hang up on him the reason i don't call him up is because i never hang up on him my my line is always open what do you want jesus and trust me he takes full advantage of it at three o'clock in the morning at four o'clock you know, when you're in love with somebody eternal you often wonder do you understand you made that you made time and you made us to need it and God doesn't care that you went to bed at 11.30. He's there at 1. You know? and But our life is that. We are the, I mean, we, we are not just Christ in me. We are fused. He's not a loiterer. I don't carry him around inside me like indigestion. We are absolutely one. And I like it. See, I am not one of those people that feel like it's an imposition and I just got saved so I didn't go to hell. I absolutely like everything about the Almighty. Everything. I don't care what he does. I like everything. Now, some of his creatures I could probably talk to him about. A few of his critters. Like, what were you thinking? You know, what motivated that? But anything he says, I adore it. Everything he does, I adore adore it. I am ecstatic about this man. And I am that because we passed over all of that stuff that keeps us locked out of God. Like, you know, what I say to you may be doctrine, but what God says to me is existence. 
it's 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 my experience. I experience man every day, all day long, 24 hours a day. I experience. I wake up, me and God chatting. I go to bed, we're chatting. We watch movies together. He cracks up at some of them like, uh, yeah, sometimes he's a spoiler though. Yep. You know, has he done that to you? He gonna be the spoiler. God, but you told me who did it. <laughs> you know, like but he does things like that because we're family and that's what family does because we're friends because that's what friends do because we're one and he is always letting me know that i hear him but he he does things like that to maintain his own distinctive i don't know if that's speaking to you but that's what this that's what it's about so we do that we shop together he talks to me about what he wants what what i what i like and then when he feel like he feels like i'm getting to i'm beginning to make our relationship and our interactions and intimacy a crutch then he won't talk didn't leave me on my own because see you no no because god knows that human flesh is prone to lazy uh. and flesh is prone to indulgence and we are all susceptible to it as he moves layer and layer and layer of what holds us up. So God is that when people are fussing with the Lord today about the world. OK, yeah. why is God letting letting this happen? Now, I love the Lord Jesus Christ because he does appoint himself vessels. Through whom he can explain what's going on or he can show take in the backstory and take us in the archive room and show us what's happening. And so God said to me, he said, first of all, he said, why do I have to be questioned by them? I hold their lives in my hand. I don't have to answer them. But but to be the righteous God I am, he said, my question is to you all. Why did you cause it to happen? Wow. See, we're the cause. The calamity is the effect. And we want God to be the curer. He said, no, no, you all allowed this. And I won't let, you know, I'm one of those, the true prophets and messengers of God will not let you off the hook. You're not going to slide over this and gloss over it. Like, well, you know, we were, we were just, we were just flesh. Well, you were just flesh to God. Cause you gave everything else your all. And he said, I will not answer that because you need to go to your pastors. You need to go to your politicians. You need to say, why did you let that happen? Why did you persuade me that this was the only way or the best way to go? So understanding him like that, and we talk like that. So because I don't lie to the Holy Ghost, and I mean, I don't, and I don't lie to God. I don't treat him as if he's blind, that he's ignorant, that he is not everywhere present. I celebrate his omnipotence, his omnipresence, and his omniscience. I love Omni. I put Omni in all my work when I'm talking about God. My company is Omni Executive. I do all of that. I, I write omnif omnific. Om I've studied because I know that no matter how arrogant a person is, three, three score and ten, you go. <laughs> all your arrogance is doing nothing to anybody is for the dust. Even, I mean, when you think about people say, well, I, I don't believe in God. And I'm thinking, so what do you want me to do with that? That's your hang up. That's not mine. I'm enjoying the man every day. I'm having a blast every day. And, you know, you have all of that because Satan has got to belittle you so that you don't believe in his God and his maker. 
but you believe that he is your God and your maker. So you don't believe in a, I just don't believe in a, a particular deity. Yes, you do. You believe you are one. That's why we're having this conversation because you stuck on you. As we go forward, you're going to see that a lot of the issues that we have as humans revolve around the same thing that took out Lucifer. Self. Self. And I mean, I tell you what, I like the word self because if you flip it and put an H on it, you got flesh. We're going to be flesh. We don't like that. And I can, and when I get a chance to have some of my private meetings, because I'm planning some secret sessions with some people who are who can handle it, because I'm about tired of the folk talking to people who don't read the Bible, can't read the Bible, can't even tell you how many books are in the Bible. Uh, We're gonna tell me. You don't even know how many books are in the Bible, and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. And I'm wrong because your devil said I'm wrong. I'm wrong because you were educated by your devil. So I don't have to line up with your degree from your devil. I just want you to understand that. So I don't really care about that part. And I do. I know sometimes, you know, somebody said to me recently, they said, you know, Dr. Price, you good for brutal discussions. I said before, you're brutal, you're brutal, what, brutal to the Holy Ghost. I think I need some water this morning. I shouldn't have ate, ate that piece of cake. <laughs> but I want to talk to you. I'm going to resume our soul journey from last week because I have a lot. And I probably will be there for a bit. Now, I introduced you last week to 3D. And I had the book over here. Oh, I got a bigger desk. Rachel? I got a, ooh, I grew. Look at me, all grown up. 3D. And I'm finishing the other books. And uh, and uh, it is Taking Your Life from Distress to Success. My other book. Okay. Did you see her hit me? Did you? So now I'm going to have to go all crazy apostolic on her. You didn't like my streaming quality? Was I streaming qualitatively or not? Was I streaming unqualitatively? I'm thanking God for you. But I thought that was nice. Anyway, this is amazing book. And it's very easy and it's really about addictions and getting yourself from addictions and my uh, my advisors teach it do you use this what would you say to somebody about it in a word that would tell them that it's worthwhile and who it it serves best addiction is not always what you think it is Mm. excellent because we're conditioned to think that addiction is substance related Mm. only and how uh, you can be addicted to patterns and cycles, destructive ones that have nothing to do with picking up a bottle Mm -hmm. or sniffing something up your nose. And so 3d is really for anybody who wants to reconstruct their soul. Exactly. So will you read my new book? No, you haven't. I'm, I'm in your old stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That she is. It's tearing me up. But in the new book, we talk about that. I am um, 
I've coined several new things in the new book. And, and, and to her point, addiction is more than. And so, and it's usually a threshold thing. Addiction is usually the, the preliminary to everything else that will enslave the soul. So I've captured in a term what I will share with you in a moment called soul enslavement. And your soul can be enslaved to anything because it's enslaved to everything until it's sanctified by the Lord Jesus Christ. So your soul can be enslaved to money. Your soul can be enslaved to food. Your soul can be enslaved to gossip. Like you love the feel of saying things that wreck other people, that damage them. Even if it's wrong, your soul can be addicted to lying. And, and we call it pathological liars. So your, that's a soul that is hooked, that so relish lying and deceiving people that the spirits are in their lives and the generation spirits on their family tree took full advantage of it and took them over. You know, scripture talks about being overcome by things. Those are addictive. That's a obsession. Some of you, you're addicted to being late. Some of you are addicted to being on time. So all, it, addiction is a generic term. is not either good or bad. Paul uses it. He says that one of his followers were addicted to ministry. That's in the Bible. Look it up. Yes, addicted is in ministry. Paul was addicted to Jesus Christ. He was addicted to serving him. He was addicted to his glory. He was addicted to his truth. He could not make it. That's that intrinsic infusion that I'm talking about that I will be talking you through over the next several months. You can be addicted to washing your hair, all of these obsessions that we have. But addiction has did not is not a evil in itself but it is the addictivity that makes the difference it's the addictor that determines whether or not it's it so jesus christ addicted the apostle paul and no doubt all the other people to him and i want you to know if you've met him oh yeah you don't mm -mm, no you have not been loved you have not been gripped you have not been seized like you can be by this man if he go, I mean, remember, he made magnets, so we are still on the planet because of the magnetism on the earth. So you know what his affection is like. Mm. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But addiction is about enslavement. And enslavement is what Paul said. Paul said, but I'm a slave. Yes. I'm a bond slave. I'm not just a slave. No, no, no. I'm a bond slave. I'm bound and bought and paid for. See, that kind, that's what, what made so many people get out of Scripture because they, they love being bound and bought for themselves, to themselves. So when we talk about 3D, if you haven't gotten this book, then you get it. And if you buy it with it today, before next Monday, we're going to give you a discount of 5%. That's going to be the author's discount. 5%. And if you buy more than 10, that's going to add up. So if you're a class, if you're a counseling group and advisors, just all you have to do is key in author's discount and you're going to get that. That good? Today. Start now. All right. A systemic platform that takes your life from distress to success for life, 
long liberty. When you get my new book, you're going to think, oh my gosh, how long is she going to mention it? As long as it takes for the book to be finished. We're going to talk to you. You're going to hear these phrases, soul restoration, over and over again. And, and listen, next week we'll be taking pre-orders. Soul restoration. You're going to hear you're going to hear soul of success. You're going to hear distress to success. You're going to hear lifelong liberty and systemic platform. They are in that book over and over and over again. Why? Why do I use phrases like that? Soul of success. Well, the, uh, the whole underlying purpose is this, that you start thinking about your soul being responsible and capable of your success. Because your talent can take you where your soul cannot keep you. There are certain places your talent will take you that will put you on the pathway to soul enslavement. Here's an example. You get a job. It's a wonderful job. You've pushed your way in the job. You don't know why you're there, but you pushed your way in the job and you beat out everybody. You did a, maybe did a few underhanded things, maybe. Um, and then otherwise you may not have done enough, but you got the job. Soon as you get the job and you realize the broad scope of what's required of you, the extensive duties and responsibilities, you suddenly realize you're in over your head. And so you have to level off. So what do you do? You level off with the substance. You level off with a habit. You level off. Now. And so here's where you can have, you know, we have substance abuse, but we also have what? Perverse behavior, yeah. deviant behavior. See, deviancy is also addictive. And so you, when your soul gets to the point that it has, it has used up everything that it could give you to get you through what you have just put it through or brought it into, when that happens, then it starts crying for relief. So substance gives you release. Perversion gives you an outlet. One night stands, those people who are very successful and you sit there and realize they sleep with anything on the corner, trash can, it doesn't matter. Because they need the outlet for the pressures that the soul has been building and has been pent up in your soul since you got in over your head. And it's easy to do today because people think that what they see is the entirety. And it is not. So we're going to talk about this. So those words matter. Soul of success, soul restoration. Well, what did David said when he, he'd been through all of these battles, he'd been through all of these wars. And what did he say? But you restore my soul. Yeah. Your soul will always hit a point where what you needed at that time has become used up, depleted. And now you need restoration. So. 3D2 walks you through soul restoration. So we've got soul of success, soul restoration, and then distress to success. Because when your soul goes into distress, it can only perform in the area that you think is a priority. Wow. So when your soul is in distress, then it will only perform on the thing that you prize. So if you prize family, 
you're, you're going to be a wreck in everything else. If you prize household, you're going to be a wreck. If you prize your your profession, you're going, you're going to be a wreck in everything else. And so people who are not in those particular spheres of your existence don't know that your soul is in distress. And when the distress becomes severe enough, you move into the solution or the relief. You're always looking for alleviators or outlets. So you have these people who want to have a really good marriage, who want their family to be wonderful. They have all of that going on. And you know what? But they got a little sugar, 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 something on the side. That's the outlet. And they probably pair it with a reliever called drugs or alcohol. And so they live that emotional, dishonest life that we were talking about earlier because they deceive their family into thinking that they are number one, that they're priority, that they're the most important thing when in effect they're bringing their family trash all the time because an adulterer will bring you the filth of another body. And you will, so you'll be in bed within the filth of another body. That, and that's not love. I don't care how much they tell you they love you. They don't love you. They love themselves more. And they love themselves too much to love you. So they've got this whole other thing. And, and, and when their explanations come, the explanations begin with a single word. I. I. Now, once we get the I out, then it becomes the second word, you. I did this because you. I, I had a conversation with someone about abuse. I said abusers will always, always say that the, the person laying on the floor bleeding, broke up, and, and, and battered caused them to do that. Because the abuser has got to, see that's an outlet, that's a pain outlet. So they have to have that outlet, and that outlet has can, cannot just be physical. It has to be visual. I have to see my outlet's effect. I've got to do it. It's got to be audible. I've got to hear myself cursing people out, calling them filthy names. So all of that harks back to a distressed soul. And so you might be successful in that thing you prize, but you're a mess. You're a, a, a shipwreck in every other area of your life. Why? Because you, you console your dysfunction with a public image of what you prize, and you call that your success. Because you know you are not successful in anything else except the thing you prize because you use that as your escape hatch. And you poured all your energies in that. And you poured all of your words and your vision and your efforts in that one thing, that prize, because it made you feel good in the midst of everything else that makes you feel bad. Distress wow. hmm. to success. So... Now, you've got all of these solutions. You've got your alleviators, you've got your comitants, you've got your copers, and then you've also got your outlets. So you've got these are working, and you're living your life with this false construct so that you can get through each day. 
3D helps you get past that because what I've discovered in my, well, since 1982, so I'm thinking 40 years, what I've discovered is that all distress originates with a disappointment. Something that should have happened didn't. Something that shouldn't have happened did. Something that was promised to you didn't happen. You Something that you worked hard for slipped through your fingers. Even a baby will be disappointed if you keep walking past it. And that appoint, disappointment will change their, their demeanor. It'll change their, their look. They'll become whiny. They'll become cranky because that thing, that disappointment left that void in their life for affection, for smiles, whatever. Animals will do it. So we can nail that, that, that disappointment that actually caused you to have to find a substitute to fill the void. Then we can get you on the road to your soul being free. Because we, at 3D, we deal with your soul as the maker made it. It's important that you recognize that much of what you have for soul treatment and therapy is hostile and antagonistic to the maker because it's tied to their concept of religion not existence religion and so the maker made souls before there was religion religion did not exist when souls were made when souls were created when souls were born there was no such thing as religion there was existence. And that existence brought about that synergy, the symbiosis and the synchronicity that caused relationships to make or break. So when they start talking to me, yeah, but that's really, hold on, hold on. You're not telling me that. For two very good reasons. Number one, religion did not exist when the human soul came into existence. I need you all to kind of slurp on that a little bit. Just, just, just slurp on it. Treat it like a straw. You know, you got a good drink. You got to make noise. You get down to the end of it. You so mad. <laughs> like you already had to, you had 32 ounces and you're still mad. But I need you to, to turn that over in your head. If religion did not exist, when souls were brought into existence, then what is it that took care of a soul? How were souls made to thrive in the world? These are questions that are answered in our 3D program and, and our 3D platform. Now, we have our advisors here, and if you go to, uh, she'll put the thing up there, you go to the site, you can get an advisor. You can also find out more about what I'm saying. The reason you, you have so much solical recidivism is because you're trying to use what did not create the soul to fix it. So you do, you bring, you get relief. Nobody's discrediting that. You'll get relief. That's wonderful, isn't it great? You'll stop having headaches or maybe you'll stop your habit smoking and whatever. You'll do that. But the 
the root of why that was your choice is hardly ever touched. You realize you can say, many people can say, I had an abused parent. First of all, I think everybody can talk about a little bit of parent abuse because parents are just, you know, nobody gives us classes. They just, they give us kids. We, we just get kids. We get responsibilities. We get, but nobody gives us classes. There's no rule book that says that. And even the rule books you have, parenting is out as idiosyncratic as your home, as your body. A family unit has its own idiosyncrasy. Now, there are generalities. Nobody's going to argue about that. But for the most part, you, I mean, you, and, and we have that in family. You have five kids, six kids, and they all do different things. You're like, did you come from us? Yeah. Or you get all of the kids that'll just do all of these magnificent things, and you have this one kid that hates everybody. Come out the womb hating, full of hatred. Soul shaped in iniquity. So as we go on, and I want, because this is very important, I need you to hear this. Re, I want you to get this. Religion did not exist. When the souls were created, the only thing that existed was their creator. And that fusion that I talked about earlier imparted to that soul the replica of the world of the creator. So 3D is all about the soul as the maker made it. So let me get to part two, because there's a second part to what I just said. The other part is that they, they hated that it was Christian-based, so now it's Asiatic-based with all those gods and all those religions. And now people are walking around talking about the universe. Is that the dumbest thing you ever heard? That is as stupid as stupid as can be. So we're all talking about the universe. And I will keep harping on that because you all need to stop letting them tell you that without asking some important questions like which part, what planet, what galaxy, what meteor, what dark hole, what black hole, what part of the universe has your best interest and how did you get a stake in it? And what makes you give them a stake in your existence? I mean, you'd look at the stars. How many stars? They got billions of stars. And you're talking about, well, the universe smiled on me today. What part? We got stars being born every moment and stars dying just as quickly. And the funny thing about the souls maker that you'll appreciate is this. The souls maker says, I made every star. Not one is missing. Now, we say they die. He said not one. He said, I made them and I named them. So he can call his stars by name. Just like he can call you by name and count the hairs on your head. So when you're talking about getting soul, soul healing, soul work done, I need you to think a lot broader than a religious spiritual experience. Your soul is not your pineal gland. And your pineal gland is not a portal for your soul as much as it is to help you rise above harsh, hardline intellectualism. So your soul is not that. And when you get this book, you're going to find out that your soul is not a thing. It's not an organ. It's not a sphere. Your soul is an entire being. 
and your body is your soul's sheath. So your body houses your soul. Not some piece in your brain and something else. It's a whole being. But if you learned it as the maker made it, it would be a lot different. So let's look at some of the things that we have up there. Is that visual enough for you guys? Okay, so somebody said, uh, so we're just going to go with the, uh, the us habit. All right, so the one thing I want you to start out knowing, 3D is a decisive step to retake power over your life. The moment you find an alternative to your creator for your soul's distress, you are switching deities. Because for what scripture says, to whom you yield yourself to obey, that one becomes your God. So you are already switched. Your addiction means you fired Jesus. And you left him. You departed from his life to choose death. Whatever that, that is. 3D, it, it's called so because of its major transformation potency. The 3D's uniqueness is the soul as the maker made it. So you have all these, you could take all of these classes, et cetera, and most of these classes are not teaching you the soul as an entity. It's not teaching you the soul as a being. So how is they going to teach you how to treat it? Because in, in their mind, it's abstract. And well, we heard there's such a thing as a soul. So, well, we'll go ahead on act if it's true and touch it. We talked about this soul restoration. Distress to success and lifelong liberty. The lifelong liberty is the ultimate objective and outcome of 3D. That you, that you cleanse your soul, that you deliver your soul, that you purge it, that you switch out the death codes that you put in it, that you authorize so that you will live, that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Because I want you to understand when people are really saved by Jesus Christ, they don't backslide. The maker knows how to keep you. He knows how to make everything that enslaved you disinteresting and repugnant. So that you lose your appetite for it and you and, and you lose the appetite the moment you lose the fascination. See, it all starts with the fa fantasy fascination. And then we move down the line so we can go back to that fascination. That you had the fantasy that you had over what you saw. There's a section in 3D, and I hope I can find it, where it talks about people being enslaved to their, uh, boy, am I on it. Let me get the, oh, I got some light. Okay. On page 46 of 3D, it reads, a lifestyle that presents itself as more appealing than the Lord's excuse me, when the Lord, uh, when led, ends up addicting its admirers. So admiration can be a form of addiction. Groupies. All right? And it says, many young people fall prey to addiction this way. Some of them so admire a certain lifestyle that they conform their own life to it to emulate it. If some sort of dependency is part of it, like alcohol, drugs, perversion, or pleasure-seeking, the admirer adopts it as well to imitate the object of their fascination. Another way addiction enters is through the uh, union of the gullible with an addictive 
character, or relationship. This is when an ordinarily overlooked person comes to the attention of a venerated figure in their world. This can be a mentor, a love interest, a role model. How the adored figure lives first tantalizes the admirer who slavishly emulates their ways. If dependency is a factor in that admiration, the impressionable soul will fall victim to its captivity and often depravity. Any one or combination of these possibilities can be ascribed to the power to draw a soul into bondage to a doomed God. Page 46. Now you really want to get your book. So it's, um, it's important that you recognize how your soul got bound, because if you don't know how your soul got bound, then you can rec you can rest assured it will always stay bound and sink bondage because it becomes addicted to the captivity. Whatever that might be. So when we talk about lifelong liberty, that you'll see in 3D2 over and over and over and over again. And you know why? Because God's word is like a hammer. It breaks the rocks to pieces. We keep hammering every step of the 3D process. We're reminding you, you're doing this as a person who's on a lifelong journey to liberty. 3D answers why and when people resolve to be and remain free, rather than a program, project, or process, the typical three Ps of soul treatment, 3D is a journey of all three of the above. Its platform is solical, somatic, and systemic. Solical, we talked, the whole subject is the soul. Somatic is how your soul has programmed and, and primed your body to live its will. That's a whole other session. That's one of our sessions in the process. And then systemic, me goes to John, uh, the apostle John, I mean, the John the Baptist, rather, who says, laying the axe to the root. Because if you don't lay the axe to the root of a tree, it will keep growing back. It'll tear up your yard. It'll mess up your garden. It'll do all of that. So you have to uproot what you said was your personal truth, your preferential truth. Because when they say personal truth, I say you mean preferential truth, right? You have a preferred truth. Because you don't, there's no, no, are you kidding? Every truth came from another truth. Everything you believe came from something that predates you, pre-exists you. So we're not talking personal, we're talking preferred. And oftentimes you hear them say, well, I prefer to think. Okay, so you prefer as a single individual? Who cares? And so moving on. <laughs> 3D. <laughs> but because we all have a preference. But when we're looking to make life work, when we're looking to get out of captivity, when we're looking to enter into triumph and victory, there is a formula. And the formula for all those things comes from truth. You put a lying, even a false ingredient in cut heroin or drugs. And guess what? That lie is going to eliminate the truth. You will not get a true high. 
you'll get a risky heart. And you'll know it because you say, man, that, I, I mean, it didn't take me where I used to. I mean, it didn't, I didn't, I mean, I mean, I was only off, out for, you know, two hours. I'm used to being gone for five. <laughs> gone. Gone. But that's why you do it, to go, to go to your place of fantasy and fascination. I'm like, what? and crashing to Earth, and I, I, I landed hard too. You know, like you a, a spaceship that's coming back home. Three <laughs> D distress to success is fundamental premise is that you authorize your bondage, and only you can deauthorize it. And until you deauthorize it, you will have the vicious cycle: free, bound, bound, free, free bound bound free you have to do it and that is a very involved process that most people don't do you will abandon being free from your captivity faster than you will walking the journey of authorizing or deauthorizing the spirit the doom god that you took on all right soul stroke hard so we i actually you'll see in a little bit i actually encapsulated the major soul enslavers under the ABCDs of soul enslavement. Because ABCDs enslave human souls. And we'll see what that is in a minute. Your soul's secret weapons early in life often turn in on you before they fight your battles in life. So all of those things that are meant to restrain you will exploit you. Judgment, good sense, decision-making, intelligence, knowledge, all of that turns on you until you master it. And you have to, you can't master it until you realize that you've let it run amok. Your feelings run amok. So common sense and, and logic are supposed to keep your feelings balanced with your intelligence. But instead, you wipe out the intelligence and your feelings turn on you and make you, make you the captor. Let me see something that's happening here. Okay. So, and, and I explained that at length there. But now let's look at this, because we're talking about success. Let's look at the successful mind. The first thing the successful mind is operative. It operates. It performs things. So the first thing it does is it operates. The second thing is that it's focused. The successful mind is progressive, creative. I like the middle one here. It's solutional, enlightened, and it's active. You know, that dull thing that, that you can tell your mind is in trouble when every time something intelligent happens, you go dull. You blank out. Uh, uh, what, 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 huh? That is a mental issue. Because your mind is meant to keep going even when you're asleep. That's why you have dreams. And that's why you wake up with ideas. So if you're one of those people that you've allowed that part to become habitual, then you will always have problems learning. You will be absent-minded. You will drop the ball about a lot of things. You will get facts and details wrong. And you will always look for mental excursions. You want to be anywhere but where your Mind can be developed, nurtured, shaped, and controlled. Hallelujah. Now, the next one is active. 
and educative and inventive. If you look at operative and it comes down to inventive, you look at active, crisscross it to, pro pro to progressive, you get to see what soul of success it should be about. So this whole, you know how you fuss about having to read this? And it's a real spirit. And sometimes it's nutritional. Sometimes it's because you eat poorly. Sometimes you have an allergen. Sometimes you've let something really nasty cross your blood-brain barrier. But you've got to not be comfortable with being unable to focus and put your attention on anything too long. So I want to go one more, and then we're going to take a commercial break because we want to commercially break. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take, that's too good. That's too juicy. I'm going to wait to have the commercial. Soon, can we get some power? Dr. Price should be on television because her wisdom is universal. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you agree or you don't, there is wisdom and eternal truths in everything she says. She's intelligent and not just emotionally reactionary. And so she's going to let's just say, have a rebuttal against something. She has done her homework. And so it's not just shooting off emotionally and this is just what I believe and just, you know, unbridled passion all over the place. She should be on television because the world needs her, not just the body of Christ. There are answers that she has taken the time, which a lot of people don't want to do, and paid the price and the sacrifice, like people in Scripture, and it's time for the world, and the world is ready to hear that information. Oh, she's real. Dr. Price is real. That's the appeal. We just had a whole bunch of people in church on Sunday, and the overriding comment was, but she's just so honest, but it's just so truthful. And it's not just honesty to shock people and do whatever. She's honest about the Lord, honest about the word, honest about us sitting in the seats and herself also sitting in their seats. And, and that's, that's huge. You, you don't even realize you don't hear the truth a lot until you hear it. And you're like, that's it right there. <laughs> I want you to do me a favor. I want you to visit www.takingiton.com. Taking it on is not just about a television show. It is about getting around tables, having discussions, making connections, shaking hands, opening doors, and you might be the solution or the open door to what God has told Dr. Paula Price. And so as we continue to take it on, we want to take it on with you. Partner with us at www.takingiton.com. Reintroducing Dr. Paula Price Powertrain.com. Become the most successful you business and life coaching and training with Dr. Paula Price. Register today for her course that will be available called Taking Control of Your Soul, a personalized way to take control of you. Lesson one, your soul is the creator made it. Lesson two, soul fixer upper, getting in touch with your soul. Lesson three, dissecting the thoughts of the heart. And lesson four, under construction, exposing the appetites of the heart and soul. Learn more at www.drpaulapricepowertrain.com.
You know, there are people all around Christianity that step up to the plate. And right now we're seeing people stand up in a big way. Well, I want to meet you to meet one of those people, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome, host of Taking It On podcast, and you're also on GEB TV. Yep. Let's talk about, let's just jump right into this, okay. uh, Dr. Paula. You know, one of the big issues, let's talk about, you know, I'm white, you're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> I didn't wow, know if you wow. noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about uh, CRT, okay. critical race theory. Where have we gone wrong in America with this? Well, Wow, that is such a loaded question. The first thing I want to say about CRT, and I've been saying it every interview, before it was CRT, it was critical theory. Yeah. It didn't start out race. Race was not it. It actually goes back to 1915 with Antonio Grimshi, who said the only religion that would overwhelm Christianity is socialism. Wow. So socialism, he called, it's a religion. I mean, we need to hear that. So we have, this is a religion to religion combat, which is why it was essential for the church to buy into it. So, and the whole idea was going back to his, he was arrested by Mussolini, but it was going back to taking religion, uh, taking Christianity off the planet. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, and, and we did it in every area, but the last holdout was the church. The last one was the church. You know, and you talk about socialism being a religion. You know, most people don't think of it that way, but it's really, you're really speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. Even if we, you don't believe a certain way, but you believe this way, mm-hmm. guess what? You you are you actually have a religion of atheism, for yep. instance. It is a religion. It's your belief system. Well, in religion, in, in their mind, the socialist religion was literally Christianity was the problem because many right. people don't know that Christianity ruled the world. Yeah. See, we don't tell people that. I ask, when you meet your millennials, just have your own straw poll and find out how many of them know that. They don't. They've been taught that Christianity is the, the scourge of the earth. If it wasn't for church, if it wasn't for Christians, life would be wonderful. Well, whose story is that? Where does the church need to go right now? Uh, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a, a dangerous limb with you. I know that racism still exists. I know that they're still racial. And I'm from Georgia. Mm-hmm. I know what racism looks like mm-hmm. from the South. So I know what that, but did we, did we really have the race problem at the level as the left is making us believe? I think they're making us aware of a problem we didn't think was problematic. Ah, okay. America was born in the womb, the birth canal of race. They had no choice. That was the era. The Europeans were founding this nation. Yep. We have to be, let's, let's look at the facts. We don't have to rewrite our history to correct our errors or to write our wrongs. That's wrong. so good. Say that again. We don't have to rewrite our history to correct our errors and rewrite our wrongs. Right. So America was born and God wanted America to exist. Yeah. We yeah. cannot ignore that. So God is sitting here saying, so do I want to free a people without a nation or do I want to make a nation that can free a people? Yeah. That is where we are. Now, did it go ugly? Yeah, well, ugly is earth. Not, you know, woe to the earth because we're going to have some tribulations. But what we have done, I think, and I'm glad to be a black woman who can say it because I was born very poor. I was born, I was in the 68 riots. My house was being aimed at by the... The, the tanks running right. through our streets. So right. I'm, I'm glad to say that we may not have done everything as a country, but we as black people are going to have to stop saying you did nothing. Yeah. Well, that is my good. word. And my word, and I say that to say I'm sitting here with you. Right. In this facility. Yeah. Right now, black woman, 
Now, I was in race, the racial era. I'm 70, just turned 70. So I'm, I, I ain't been around a while. Sure. And the reason I'm saying this is because this ain't that. Yeah. And we need to figure out what that was and find out why this isn't it. Well, that's good. If I so can good. make that point. That, that's, that's brilliant. I so like here that. we are, because I remember being a black woman that couldn't sit at the Woolworths. I remember yeah. being a black woman who couldn't, the black kid who had to go to the bathroom and couldn't go and had to wet myself. I remember not drinking out of the water. See, this ain't that. Yeah. And that is my statement on this. This is a political experience, and they added race wow, to accelerate good. and expedite the demolition of the United States. Well, you, you know, and I like it, the name of your, your program is Taking It On. Let's talk about this, the demolition of the United States. Do you really believe that that's where we're, I mean, the, the and I say the left, but it's not really just the left. It's extremism, extreme liberalism, mm -hmm. uh, an anti-God theology. Do you think that's what their goal is to get rid of America? Absolutely. But they've been systematically, we've not looked at this thing moving across the map. Yeah. We're talking about all of the nations. And so America is a big win. Yeah. It's a big takedown. If you can take down 50 states at one, that's like taking out 50 nations right. at one time that's with true. one shot. And the that's one true. shot is racism. Yeah. That's a that's scary true. thought, but it's real. It is a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have returned, and I think we've returned on a good place. I am a woman of acronyms because I find out that it's, first of all, it hastens getting a lot of information out at once. It hastens people's comprehension because they think of the single term and then can easily connect them with the words that are there. So one of my acronyms for soul is this, systemic operations that underlie your life's survival rules. All of our lives have survival rules. Some of them are embedded. They're autonomic, means that they're intrinsic, they're innate, they, they, you can't change them. Then others are acquired and adopted. So systemic speaks to not just a system, it speaks to the origin, the root of the system, that underground. It's kind of, think of systemic as that roar of your refrigerator. When that, you, you know, you ignore it. Don't you ignore that thing until you open it up and it's, wait a minute, I'm not hearing that. Wait, hold on. Something's missing in that, in the core of that appliance, you realize that it's not working if it's not, or, or that it was keeping it working. So that is pretty much what systemic will do. Your systemics are you at the very base of your existence, at the very bottom of your existence, of your soul. And so operations, those have to, you know, that pretty much seems to be self-explanatory, but it has to do with how your soul takes your creator material to keep you going, to make decisions and choices, to ignite initiatives, to rise up and defend you, and also to supply you. And a lot of that you do without thinking, and until there's a problem, you don't think about it, whether it's right, wrong, good or bad. I get up anymore every morning. Then I get up, I got up, I go to sleep, <clears throat> I have a good night's rest, I have some friends, <clears throat> and you don't realize that in that area, the acquired part are the is the friends you had, the people you've met along the way, what your culture and society thinks it makes for a healthy social being. All of that comes under operations. 
And so <clears throat> in your 3D process, we can talk about that. And then it's that that underlie these things are the base. What is you know what is your base barometer? What is that that thing beneath the ground, beneath the carpet, the linoleum, and the ground? What is that? Those things underlie. You should study that word so you can understand because you realize that the base keeps things going, keeps them stable. So this is talking about what stabilizes or destabilizes you and why. And then survival rules. When I <clears throat> I have in 3D2 a puzzle sketch of a person because you have to find out what people call survival. Because survival is primitive. Self-preservation is attached to it, but self-preservation is your plan, your codes, your program for making sure you survive no matter what. And survival is an innate to every human being. Animals, it doesn't matter. Bugs, survival is real. I remember being in my house one time <clears throat> um, when I first came to Oklahoma. <clears throat> excuse me. And in my foyer, there was this huge, huge grasshopper. I mean, he was big. A cricket. I'm sorry, cricket. You know. Oh, yeah. The cricket. Remember us in the crickets? Remember? They were nasty. Anyhow, we had these huge, this huge cricket. So this cricket was having a blast, paying attention, you know, just enjoying himself. This spider comes out of nowhere. The cricket doesn't see the spider right away. The spider eventually creeps up on this cricket. Now, this spider is not as large as the cricket, but you know he had him for dinner. I watched as that cricket fought like Every, I mean, that cricket fought with everything it had. Took a leg, it still fought. Took a, a, a wing or whatever, it still fought. That thing fought until he took its head. And I remember watching that. And it was so interesting because it, I felt like I was in their drama. And I had to learn. And he said, you see how that cricket fights? He said, I built everything to fight to live. Why? Because God fights to live. At least he did. Now he doesn't have to fight. He just lives. But he had to. I was um, One of the things I often say when you think about survival rules, we teach a doctrine that makes people think God doesn't care if he survives or not. We teach as if God is disinterested or that he's very nonchalant about surviving. And that is why you, that's where you get false doctrine. See, false doctrines make you the hero and God the victim. So you believe that God can't judge you. You believe he can't punish you. You believe he has no reason to at all simply because he made you. So you think since he made you, it's on him to make you do whatever he wants. And if not, you'll do it. You'll just go and find another God and go off to something else. But I need you to understand that before God made anything, he found out how to keep himself around forever. I had a discussion with the Lord in, in the uh, early 2000s. As you know, Jesus and I, we talk, I told you, we nonstop. And he speaks his mind to me and he speaks his heart to me. He lets me know what he feels, whether I, because I already told him what uh, my crossover statement with the Lord 
apostle was this. Be yourself with me. And be openly yourself with me. Unrestrained. I ask God to be his unrestrained self with me. Well, at that time, it was really sounded really romantic, you know. <laughs> it sounded so nice and warm and fuzzy, you know. He took me at my word. And he started showing me his world from himself, for himself, which is why I wrote Before the Garden. That was God being himself to me. He said, well, I have a confidant. I have somebody I can talk to. I'm going to talk. Moses was his confidant. He, the one person he created in all the earth at that time that he could talk his mind to. And he can be himself. He said, the one thing I need you to understand is that I'm not going down for anything or anybody. I'll let it go before I let it take me down. I'm not doing it. And you all, are, you all have been fed a lying gospel. Because God is not that in love with you. You know, they got that movie called, well, he just ain't that into you. <laughs> He's not that into you. No, not that in. But, well, I have to, you know, I'm, you don't have to let people know I, I'm still on a planet. And I do get out every now and again. And leave it Apostle Ashley. I'm going to know what all the movies are. But he's not that. So you need to stop thinking that. Some of you raise your children talking about, I'll just whatever for my kids. God does not. He takes that decision from you. Because he's like, I'm never going down. And I don't know who needs to hear this tonight. But I'm never going down. I am never putting my, myself at risk. He said the most that I was going to do for humanity, I did. And sending my son in the likeness of sinful flesh, allowing all creation's adversaries to kill him. And then sent him to hell to let everybody know, even if my son has sin on him, he cannot come back home. Sent him to hell that he may not just go to rescue, but he had to leave sin in hell. So everything that ever happened to the first Adam and what the first Adam allowed to, allowed to happen to the rest of humanity was put on Jesus Christ. He said, now I've done that once. What scripture said, once for all, once for all. I'm not doing that again. I'm not getting on another cross for you. I'm not taking another lash. I'm not letting anybody punch me in the face. Pull out my beard. I'm not doing any of that again because I am the supreme, the supreme and the superlative of my father's creation. What happens to me happens to all creation. What doesn't happen to me doesn't happen to creation. I'm not doing that again. Now, a lot of you all, are, you, you think it's really okay for you to sit in your room. You won't go to church. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to take care of the Lord. I'm just going to go and I'm going to finger snap and party and, and I'll. I might as well serve Satan since I can't get what I want. God's not going to fall because you serve Satan. But you're going to hell for it. Because the God you serve is the God who takes you out of the planet. To their abode. So all of this crazy doctrine that you're hearing, all of this nonsense, you see, you're dealing with print. I'm dealing with the person. It's what I say often. People deal with my books. They deal with my books and think they know me. But you don't. People who know me today think, well, I've always known you. She's, no, 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 no. I got a daughter who can tell you how I've, I've developed and how I have evolved into who I am. 
God told me that. So one day he said to me, the last piece of this, because it's important. He said to me, he said, now I want you to understand that if I need to be ruthless, I will be ruthless. So I'm like, I'm still in my, my, my Eva Cara, you know, Eva Cara, Bafta, Metha. I'm still there. Worder, Faitha. I'm, I'm there. So I'm thinking that cannot be God. And yet when you read Deuteronomy 32, <clears throat> he said something. After I listened to them say, God can't kill that man. God won't kill so-and-so. God. If God can't kill, then he can't heal. Because he got to kill what's, what's made you sick. So, <clears throat> where that bell? Oh. You know, you just... You got lost. <laughs> so he said, I kill and I make alive. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. We like to say he's alpha and omega, beginning, end, and first, and last. He, we love to say, don't we like to say that? But do you know what it We what? We sing it to, okay. And we dance to it. And yet, when we start seeing this almighty being, because he's not a creature, he's an almighty being, this person, start acting as if he's alpha and omega, beginning and the end, first and the last, we are, we're confused. I mean, who does he think he is? And then we give you all these little lying things, well, God will not, won't break your will, and he won't, he won't upset your life, and don't we do that? So let me just tell you. Don't you think that you have all say over your little computer? Don't you think so? No, but they block you, don't they? They will block you. You cannot do that. And it's built into your use of the computer you bought that uses the energy that you're paying for. How much more the almighty? And they don't just do it with one computer. They do it with all the planets. All the whole planet. We got you, they got pop up in English. They got it in Asian language. They, all of it, and they all say invalid action. I got mad at my computer one day when it told me I don't recognize this. Who are you? <laughs> now, so when you think you have free will, let me just kill that for you once and for all. You never knew what your will was on a matter. You had to do it to find out you willed it. You had to at least be exposed to it to decide that you willed it. And you assumed that when God built your body and put all of these, these traits and attributes, that he just thought, okay, what free will supersede me. You're kidding yourself. God already knows. He said he, knew, he knows the end from the beginning. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending first and last. I know the end from the beginning. Before I formed you in the womb, you, I had you in material that's not even on earth. So don't get it in your mind that God is, is that obsessed and that surrendered to you. God is not surrendered to you. Hallelujah. Wow. Moving on, because I got some good stuff I'm sharing. Um, <clears throat> so spirit, your spirit and soul law rules your will and your will 
rules your ways. Your ways, not God's ways. That's why you just knew you were going to get that job and they promised it to you. Or you knew you were going to go to this place and you you just knew that this was going to go through. And all of a sudden it crazy happened. You caught up in a traffic jam that shouldn't even be on the street that has no traffic. Isn't that the most frustrating one when you're on that street? That, but you don't ever have traffic. Why am I stuck in traffic on your street? Your soul. Your soul is the human earthbound side of you that commands your physical body. Now, you're going to have to read this to get a taste of it. And you'll have to get my new book to get an understanding. So here's an acronym you'll love. This acronym is for success. Success means you have searched and unraveled causes and conditions that erupt your success every time that surface it should be flipped that surface every time you go to succeed every time you go to succeed the same thing happens why did just you want to know where you need some soul healing just list all of the times you went to succeed and it didn't happen because that's how many disappointments are lodged in your soul and waiting to recycle themselves Every time opportunities, breakthroughs, victories, and rewards happen in your life. And if, and if Satan has to give you the victory or give you the breakthrough or the reward, it's going to come with a lot of irritation. If you haven't dealt with your soul, because your soul emits, it has its own frequency, which is why God can find you in the midst of all the souls he's made. Has his own frequency. Has his own sound waves. And just like no two bodies are alike, no two souls are alike. Even, I don't care that you had seven kids. They all got different souls. So the goal here is uncovering your success obstacles. That is what 3D is going to help you do. Uncover your success obstacles. Now, you all remember this from last week. Do you all remember? A, B, C, all that. And that's going on all the time. A, B, C, D, all of that is going on in your mind. Which is some day, some days it's muted, some days it's muffled, other days it's just it's just irritating, and you all is loud and you loud and you noisy and it's noisy and you nasty. <clears throat> I don't know if that's a psychological term. Abigail, is that a psychological term? I just need to know. It is today. Okay. It is today. It's today. Leave me alone. I didn't put up with everything going on today. I'm going to finish this because I need to. Now, I need to go here because it's important. So these are some of the things about the 3D series. ABCD stands for addictions, bondage, captivity, and dependency. Essentially, anything that will enslave a soul fits one or more of those categories, those terms. Strongholds enslave a human soul. Strategic power grips will grip your surrendered soul in return for relief, satiation, numbness, and consolation. What they don't tell you is that you, there's no such thing as free. So you're going to pay for that relief, whether it's addiction, whether it's toxicity, whether it's dependency, you pick it, it's there. Soul suffering alleviators will grip you. And then here's what it is. It happens whenever that side of you that likes to offload your duties, responsibilities, or restraints to something else. That's how it taps in. So if you're always looking to, I just, I'm sorry, I just, I just got it. You're always the fainting, you know, person. 
you are you are calling you're summoning somebody else to take that over for you your soul's wishes wants will determine your captivity and the and your captors who enslave you they take over and enslave you although and continue to enslave you although you no longer feel or consciously prefer what created your relationship what created your enslavement I don't need that. You probably outgrown it. You probably want something stronger. <clears throat> and it starts with the emergency impulse solution. You're, I'm tired. I, okay, I've taken enough aspirin. How many more Advil's can I take? I can't take any more ibuprofen. I'm all right. I'm taking it with booze. I'm taking it with this. I'm doing the whole thing. Nothing's working. And then you're having that thing is amping up. It's ramping up, and it's overwhelming you to the point that. The, someone who's watching you, because Satan always has a watcher, someone who's watching you, I have something. Would you like to try my? And we talked about this yesterday. Bondage offloads duty and responsibility to prevent maturity with emotional or physical alternatives to an otherwise responsible sentiment or turning you to otherwise responsible sentiments or behaviors. So first, it starts with your feelings. You're frustrated. I feel. I feel. Most of what you get you into trouble is your feelings, because you're gonna say stuff that you shouldn't say. Think. And the only reason you say stuff that you shouldn't say is because you think stuff you shouldn't think. Right. And you think stuff that you shouldn't think because you feel something you shouldn't feel, or you're misfeeling. Captivity enforces decisions to. Uh, to delegate your soul's control to an external maneuverer for your peace of mind. That is the person of anything. I just, I, I just can't stand. It. I don't like stress. I just see so you think all of that is just you. You think that okay, I'm. I, I, this is just how I feel. But ultimately, you'll do it. Ultimately, you will. You will do what that power wants. Whatever that captor is, whether it's mom, that you will do that because you have made a habit of letting anybody get you out of stress and discomfort who happens to be in the vicinity and once you and so you're you're all, you're auditioning this all the way up to your addiction all the way up to your enslavement you're auditioning you're auditioning captors you're auditioning enslavers until you get to the one that you feel most compatible with even though that's the most deadly <clears throat> Dependencies provide the crutch you lean on when standing on your own becomes too much. And most of you, and let me tell you, this one here is big for women. That's why women are good on pills. They're always doing pills and carrying on because what we have been raised to think that somebody has to rescue us. Somebody has to do it for us. Somebody has to take us out of it. You know, we need this, 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 this knight, white or black, to come and take us away. You know, because I don't know why we just had white knights. You know, we had some black knights. Come on. <laughs> Them Arabian horses, come on here. <clears throat> I don't care, it could be tan, but the point is <clears throat> you want you want you have been programmed all your days to not trust your ability to take care of you, to provide for you, to safeguard you. You have been built on that. So now when you're out on your own. All of a sudden, all of those lessons at home with mom and dad or whoever was taking care of it and did that for you. Now you're on your own. Nobody cares. That's why these kids get out and they end up on the street. Nobody cares because you were trained for to, to never leave home and you don't know that's what the training was about. All right. You all are going to like this as we come into the end.
We have two of these. And I thought you might like them. Okay, soul enslavement, journey to distress. To the right is a list of soul experiences that paved the way for its enslavement. As you can see, the ground floor is disappointment. Its immediate consequence is discouragement, followed by dejection, a sadness that leads to an unhappiness that when extreme or prolonged results in forlornness and that uh, a miserable gloominess. So you actually, if you don't come to terms with things not turning out your way, that's what this means. If you don't come to terms with things turning out or not turning out your way, you are staging in your soul. You're commanding it to log that and to treat it any way you want. So you may log it and it will make you indifferent. It'll make you pretensive. It'll make you just throw it off. Whatever you have it log it in, that is what's going to be stored for the next disappointment and the next one and the next one till you find yourself 50, 60 years old, unable to move or do anything because you've told your soul, if disappointment happens, then abandon the project. Wow. Abandoning the hope, abandoning your faith. You told your soul that. So your soul only knows that. So whenever things get rough and tough, you have to go back to your first disappointment, the first thing that you can remember. And for most of us, it's childhood. But for some people, it isn't. There are people who have been raised very spoiled. And disappointment is a devastation. Wow. There are people who were raised deprived. And, and they, even though they have a greater motive or incentive, they can still allow a disappointment to feel like it's a continued track, a continued reel in their life. Four good reasons why you want to resolve and dispense of emotional traumas or disappointment as quickly as you can so they don't root themselves in your soul of festering pains and sorrows that beg for artificial treatments that can lead to an ABCD enslavement. Y'all all right? Are you going to try? So let's, so here's the ABC, ground floor, disappointment and then discouragement, dejection, and then despair. Despair is a very sneaky, sneaky thing. But if you look at the end of the word, the end of despair is what? Pair. So you have whatever you paired your hope with, whatever paired your, your vision with, even your talents, all of that, <clears throat> because of that, that first failure, and you were not trained to try, try, try again and keep going, keep going and to rise above opposition. You weren't trained to. So that thing severs in your heart. And instead of despair, you become desolate. And you did it because you did not have training. A lot of parents are ra have raised their children to end up right here. And they did it because they figured I suffered, so I'm not going to suffer. Like life cares about what you suffer. Everybody has to carry their own load. And every soul must find out its own bitterness and its own happiness. So if you look at that, you see the door there? Do you all see that door? Can you see it? And then above it, what to do about it. And it's telling you, you've got to get into a real studious mode about your soul. You understand that most soul plays, I have a section in my book where we, we talk about, can we take talk therapy, talk therapy, 
to hands-on therapy, it's your soul. It's your soul. And the one thing that we we've been so encouraged and so obsessed with encouragement and not making them feel this or that, that people are feel reinforced in their frailties. They're reinforced. Now, well, I mean, it's not my fault. I've watched these shows. I've watched these docudramas. And the latest thing is it's not your fault. But whose was it? You did it. Didn't you do the deed? It was your deed, so it should be your fault. But we train people to absolve themselves because Satan needs them to absolve themselves to keep his cycles repeating in folks' life. So if that wasn't your fault, then nothing is. So we can't own up to our stuff. We can't own up to what will set us free. And my Bible says it's the truth that sets you free. This is the last one. ABC steps to distress and to captivity. All soul, let me put this up this way so you all can see it. All soul enslavement is covenantal. The very word addict itself is, is expressed, excuse me, expresses the soul saying yes to damagers and surrendering to their free will to them. So your soul, you said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll take this. Well, you know, I mean, we do it every day. Don't we do it? We, we get the, I got a, a prescription. That thing has such a list of warnings. Oh, yeah. Side effects, warnings, avoidances, stay out of the this, don't go into that. And you know what? I was feeling bad. I prayed. <laughs> I prayed and said, Lord, watch over me. I'm miserable. But we, but think about the people. <laughs> Help me. And now, you know, I don't take it. So y'all know I don't take any kind of medication. Every time I go to a, a, a doctor or something, they like nothing. No, no, uh, uh. I, I take my little bit of water pill now and again. But look into this. You say yes. So the minute you said yes to that, that back rolled into the pharmacist, the back rolled into the medical uh, manufacturer, back rolled into the big pharma, back rolled. Uh, see, it, it, because no matter what, everything has a train, everything has a string. And we have to trace that. Soul surrender is more than a substance or behavior. It is an incorporeal power, person or persuasion, assuming the role of your willpower in your life. So who is sharing custody and compulsion of your will? Because that's what it is. Something else is sharing your will, over, overwhelming your will, and we can go on. That is the end of this session. How was that, Apostle? <laughs> so I want to tell you this. I'm so excited about this and how, you know, it turned out. And I'm doing this because we are building up my site, uh, think on a internet. What is it? Omni power train. Omni power train. Doctor, yeah, I've done it. Like all now, we're finally getting it out there, and all of this is in it. You might want to sign up. Oh, I didn't go to the end of this. Hey guys, would you forgive me for not closing it out? Hold on. If you look at it. These are the steps. 
Distress comes from the ordeal. The ordeal makes you sample a soother. A soother, if you look at that, because I don't know what I did with it on my screen. Oh, here it is. And then the soother is your reliever. By the time you got relief, you've moved into a really favorable frame of mind. And so it gets your approval. Once it gets your approval, the covenant is created. And the covenant is one of cap captivity. I, and if you look at the soul burden guy up there, he's up there. He, I will bear your soul's burdens as long as you let me take care of your pain. Meaning I'm going to numb them. I'm going to mask them. I, I'm going to manipulate them. I might even use them to exploit you. But you don't know that. All you know is that you got relief. And that relief caused you to approve that particular method or that particular medicine. Now I'm done. Now, something like this, you're like, you, you, you would think, what do we do with this? What do I do with this? Well, aside from listening to it over and over again, prayerfully, you should team up with someone and share it and, and look into it. And don't forget to get your book. So we're going to go. You're going to tell them about Powertrain. I'm going to tell you the last thing I have to say. You're gonna, we're going to wrap it up. How about that? All right. And once again, it's already on your screen. You can see you can go to Dr. Paula Price Powertrain.com or you can also go to Dr. Paula A. Price.com in the tabs. There's a direct tab that will redirect you as well as, and I'm just going to jump out there and say this since I'm out here and I right now, um, the partner with us as well, which might be what you're going to talk about. There's also a direct link in the tabs as well from Dr. Paula A. Price.com that will take you right to our new site of how to partner with us financially in building I know in building the kingdom but you do want to go to Dr. Paula Price Powertrain and we're going to continue every single week more and more classes video on demand like we said earlier we already have the soul course up as well as breaking the chains of self sabotage mm. single class video on demand 5 day access as well as constructing the contemporary prophet a two part class video on demand Five day access, no assignments, no certificates, no splash or dash, but the information alone is enough to fall out. And so you want to, <laughs> right? You want to get that information um, that's available to you. And let me just see here because constructing is about, uh, it addresses gift versus office, New Testament prophets, duties and responsibilities, how the prophetic guides and guides is an acronym, which you will find out what that means in the class and <laughs> elements of prophetic guardianship. Guardianship is an acronym, which you will find out in the class, in the class. Five day access. And then it goes bye bye. And it's five days from the time you start watching it, not from the day that you purchase, but from the first time that you open it and hit play, that's when the clock starts counting. And again, I'd like to come back and, and reiterate. First of all, let me start by thanking all of you who have been sowing to me and partnering with me. But it takes a, actually, it takes a community. 
but it takes a number of people to make this happen. So I'm asking you, when you see that on there, hit the button and say, you know, Dr. Price, this should get out. This should go forward. This should be um, learned. And it should be in all the schools. It should be in everything that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, which, not, which does not confine itself to the church. So I'm asking you to partner with me based on what they have on the screen. And I'm asking you to, to sow significant seed or just say, oh, you know, Dr. Price, I can do $50 a month. You know, I can do $100 a month. You know, Dr. Price, I can give you a one night and one time seed. Let's say you haven't been at your church hasn't been in existence and you probably need been holding and saving your tithes and offerings. Use them as a partnership and partner with me to get this out on taking it on. And, and because that's the name of the show, taking it on, but also to get you get on every platform and every network and every venue possible to make sure that we help God's people get free. And you can't get free until you think differently. And thinking differently enables you to live powerfully. And I thank God for you. I pray a harvest on all of you who have sown seed. I push back the darkness on you. I command delays in jobs and promotions and, and even a, a de de deterring of your, your customers and your client base. I come against that. I rebuke it by the Holy Ghost and by the power vested in me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I cause your harvest to be expedited and expedient in Jesus' name. Whatever that is, if it's a, your sick child, I command healing to your child. I command cleansing of your house. If your house have COVID, I, COVID, I dispatch the spirit of COVID from your home into the abyss in Jesus' name. I connect you with health professionals that are going to tell you how to take care of yourself. If it's your marriage, then I command the sword of division that is trying to separate you from your spouse to be disintegrated by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. And if it's your business, then I cause your market share to expand. expand. I cause people to seek you out. I anoint your product so that it draws them into your place, into your business in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. See you Sunday at the Embassy Home of the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. And we start Sunday school at 8 o'clock. They tell me it's a blast because, you know, we kind of break up things right now and you can just have a whole lot of fun. And then join me for Sunday service at 10 a.m. God bless you.